Hello, and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. It is Wisdom Wednesday, and so we usually spend Wednesdays looking into the book of Proverbs, and this is really because of me. I I really like the book of Proverbs, but I find it um, intriguing, but also difficult. And I think that Proverbs is supposed to be like a, a proverb is is um, like an iceberg, if you can borrow a really overused metaphor. You can see the, the proverb on top, but there are depths of wisdom underneath in the book of Proverbs that need to be, you need to dive down to see. You really need to mine out the goods of Proverbs. And so I'm, I want to spend time in this book, thinking about it, reading, teaching on it, when teaching is another way of learning something. And so we're in Proverbs, and instead of just continuing on at the beginning or where I left off last time, I want to jump forward into Proverbs 24, which is the end of the saying of the wise. And uh, I was reading this this morning, and it just really jumped out on me, what I th- seen a little bit deeper about what I think is going on there. Um, I want to read four Proverbs to you. Uh, Proverbs work like teeth in a zipper. Um, A proverb is usually two lines, sometimes four lines, that says one thing about a topic. And um, just like a zipper, when you zip your zipper up, the teeth bite together and grow stronger by holding on to each other. Um, Proverbs work by working together. They bite together so that any one proverb doesn't say everything that you can say about a subject. But as you read through the proverbs that are grouped together, they say more and more and more until you can have more of a full picture of what's going on, and they bite together, and they hold together in that way. And so I want to read from you, to you, from Proverbs 24, verses 15 through 22, 15 through 22, and this is four different sayings of the wise. The sayings of the wise are 30 different sayings, and this is the last four of them that I want to read to you. Lie not in wait as a wicked man against the dwelling of the righteous. Do no violence in his home, for the righteous fall seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be despised and turn away his anger from him. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and do not be envious of the wicked, for the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. My son, Fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise, for disaster from them will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin that will come from both. So as I was reading these Proverbs, I'm, I'm looking for concepts that link Proverbs together so that I can see, are these guys supposed to be talking together? So different picture from the zipper picture. Um, Proverbs sometimes are like listening to three or four people have a conversation about a topic and they have different angles on that conversation. And as you listen to each one kind of present their point of view, you are enriched on your knowledge of that entire subject. And so I think that these four Proverbs are all an education in how to live in a world full of wicked people. This is what he's talking about. How do you wisely live in a world where there are genuine wicked people? How do you do this? Okay, Proverbs is about living in the fear of the Lord in this life. Proverbs is living wisely in God's world as it stands now, not as we wish it would be, but as it stands now. And I think that these four Proverbs are a short education in how to live in a world where there are wicked people. And the first saying has to do with not being wicked yourself. 
Lie not in wait as a wicked man. See, there's that key word there. Against the dwelling of the righteous, do no violence to his home. For the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumbles in times of calamity. So the father's saying to the son, don't give in to a temptation to be wicked yourself. Because even though you are 100% convinced, 100,000% convinced that you will get away with it, God won't let you get away with it. God is a righteous God. And even though the righteous fall seven times, they will stand again. And so that's God's way of saying, even if you knock down a righteous person, even if you kill Jesus, he will rise again. And because we know that God is righteous and he's for the righteous, if people are living by faith in the fear of the Lord, walking in righteousness, even though they get knocked down seven times, they will rise again. And there's almost this like, the seven times is a number of completion, So there's almost this promise, like, you can utterly destroy somebody. You can steal everything and murder everything, everyone they know, including them, but God will make them stand. And it's this warning that you cannot get away with wickedness. Even your victims, God will make stand. And we know that um, at the resurrection of the just, God will cause to come back to life all of his people who have lived by faith, and they will participate in the judgment of the wicked. And so I don't know if they knew this back at this time, but we know this now that the fulfillment of this proverb will be the final judgment. But the the father is warning the son here, don't be wicked, you cannot win. And then we go on to the next saying, do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Are these sayings um, connected? I think so, because the first saying ended with the wicked stumble in times of calamity. This is the promise, the wicked will stumble. And then the next saying is, don't rejoice when your enemy falls. So there's kind of this conceptual connection here. The zipper pieces are biting together. The wicked will fall. And don't be happy when your enemies fall. So this is assuming that you're walking in righteousness. Don't be happy when your enemies fall. Let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. Now, this is one of those, this is a really interesting proverb. The picture is kind of like, I'm walking in righteousness somebody's totally attacked me, robbed me, hurt me. And then God says, okay, now's the time when I'm going to bring justice. And he just gets his big God thumb and just smushes that person. And the question is, how do I respond? And the, the author of Proverbs is saying, we can be tempted to just be so happy. Yes, yes, do a little dance. My enemy's going down. Woo, 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 woo. And do a little dance and be so happy at somebody else's calamity, even our enemy's calamity. And the author of Proverbs is saying, don't let your heart do this because God will look at you and he'll discipline my rejoicing in other people's suffering by um, lifting his hand of punishment off of my enemy. So my enemy will get less justice because all of a sudden I'm being unrighteous. And so we need to take all Proverbs together. There is a sense in which the righteous should be happy when wickedness is judged. There is a sense where we should say, justice is being done here, and this is a good thing. And I think what's going on here is he's saying, don't you be personally, don't you take this so personally that you forget the Lord. As soon as your enemy's judgment is personal for you, then God says, well, I, th- I thought you wanted it to be about me ruling the world. Well, if it's just personal for you, then I'll just, I'll just leave. I'll back off. So God's saying, if you want this to be about me, and if you want this me to actually be the just ruler over your life, judging your enemies, then you need to always make this about me. and Don't let this be about your enemies getting punished. 
I will take care of you. I will take care of them. But you need to keep this being about me and not about you. That's what I think this proverb is saying. And then it goes on to the next saying, verses 19 and 20. Fret not yourself because of evildoers and do not be envious of the wicked. Okay, so there's that key word wicked again that was in the first saying. So I think, okay, it's still on topic here, still talking about living with wickedness. For the evil man has no future and the lamp of the wicked will be put out. So he's saying, don't be wicked because you won't get away with it. And don't rejoice too much when God brings about his time of judgment. And now this saying has to do with the time in between. Because I think, you know, you don't have to be alive very long before you notice that um, people who do wicked things, their behavior, their acts don't catch up with them very quickly sometimes. Sometimes we're busted right away, but very often there's a lot of seeming to get away with it. There's a lot of looking like people are getting away with it. And so here's a proverb to address that. How do you live in a world full of wicked people? Here's a proverb to address the time in between seeing and experiencing wickedness and when God brings about his justice. He says, don't worry about them and don't be envious of them. And this is really perceptive into the human heart. You can look at people getting rich through wickedness. You can look at people seeming to be the rulers of the world through wickedness. And you could look at them and, number one, you could think, ah, things are out of control. I'm really worried. How is this going to turn out? What are we going to do? How can I manipulate this situation? How can I work behind the scenes? How can I make sure nothing bad happens? I got to manipulate this. I got to, I'm really worried. I'm really concerned. And the proverb says, don't be because God will take care of this. Capital W will take care of this. But the other kind of response we can have is we can be envious. We can be like, man, people get away with so much. I wish I could just do some thieving. I wish I could just be proud. I just wish I could do what these people, wicked people are doing because I wish I could get the benefits that they appear to be getting. I wish I could be rich like them. I wish I could have praise like them. They go out in public and they just say, I'm the best thing in the world. And everybody crowds around them going, yeah, it's right. You are the best thing in the world. And I want to feel like the best thing in the world. And so I'm envious of their wickedness because it totally looks like they're getting what they want and getting away with it. Two different heart responses, worry and fretting or envy, and God saying, don't give in to either one of these because God will surely bring about his justice. The evil man has no future. Do they have a future? Absolutely. Is it a good future? Not at all. That's what it means by no future. And so we're talking about proverbs that are working together to tell us how to uh, live in a world where there is wicked people. Number one, don't be one of them. Number two, let it be about God and don't be personally happy when your enemy's false and because God will take care of this. Number three, don't worry and don't be envious because there is no future in wickedness. You're in this in-between time where um, you're not in the garden before sin, and you're not in um, heaven where there is no sin. You're in this in-between time where there is sin, but God is going to work this out and take care of it completely. And then one last saying, my son, fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise. For disaster from them will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. I think it's really important that this, uh, these 30 sayings in this section here ends with that key phrase, the fear of the Lord. We know from Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the sum total of wisdom. If you want to summarize this entire book, it's the fear of the Lord. And so it, here's this, it's bringing us back to the most important thing. My son, fear the Lord and the king. And here the king represents authority. 
um, on the earth, incarnate authority, and the, the kingship is the highest judge in the ancient Near East. And so this is the person who kind of stands for God's justice on the earth. And yes, there's all kinds of mess and all kinds of bad kings, but um, I think God is ruling over every kind of kingship to bring about some measure of justice and some restraint of um, evil. And when the kingships get really wicked, he he overthrows them pretty quickly in human history. Um, So here it is. The the Lord and the King. He says, fear them and don't join with those who do otherwise. Don't join with those who rebel either against earthly authorities or who rebel against God. And in particular, don't join with those who reject what Proverbs says, what the Word of God says. That's kind of the first way to reject the fear of the Lord is just to not listen to Proverbs. It says, don't join with them because their response comes suddenly. You know, criminals are always surprised when they get caught. Oh, I, I never thought I'd get caught, or I didn't know you were going to be there. Oh, oh, look at those sirens and flashing lights. I didn't think they were going to be there. You know, um, criminals and sinners always foolishly depend on secrecy and covering things and and hiding and getting away with it. And God is saying here that that getting away with it lasts a very, very, very short time. And when God or the the or the incarnate justice of the king and government and police, when they catch you, you won't see it coming. You'll be surprised. And so he's saying, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. So what I'm saying is these proverbs, the four of them together, work as an education in how to live in a wicked world or a world where there is wickedness. Number one, don't be wicked yourself. You won't get away with it. Number two, don't rejoice personally when your enemies are caught. Let this be about God and let God do his work. And the the more we make this about God, the more completely his discipline, chastisement, and justice towards our enemies will be. Number three, don't worry or be envious of the wicked because it won't last. By the time God's done, you'll never say, well, it, they had an okay life. You'll just say, no, it was, what, what they did, it, it, it was not worth it. And so Proverbs says it won't be worth it. Don't worry about what they're doing. And don't be envious of what they're getting away with. It won't be worth it in the end. And so, and then he summarized it by saying, and remember the fear of the Lord. So there you are. The zipper piece, pieces pulled together, locked together. The conversation of these four Proverbs talking together about one topic presented to you for your blessing.